0: This is CL Whiteside And this is the Non-Microwave Truth If this is your first time joining us today Hallelujah, praise the Lord Glad that you are with us today Now, before we get into our first world problem I wanted to revisit a first world problem we had a couple of weeks ago And that was the prenup Is it? Right for a Christian to make their spouse sign a prenup. Man, I had some some great conversations. I had multiple conversations. Some conversations people hit me up on text. Some people emailed me. Some people hit me up on Instagram, uh, it, um, Twitter, and yeah, it, it was it was enlightening. It was good. Now I just wanted to make clear a couple of things. And the first thing that I wanted to point out and just reiterate is that marriage from a human standard is illogical. Like, it's crazy. It makes zero sense. I completely agree with the people that said that. I had some people who are like, you know, I saw some of my close family members or friends have multiple divorces, and I saw how they got messed over in that situation. And the biggest thing that I just wanted to reiterate and get at is that, one, marriage is obviously... Created by God, like humans wouldn't think of of marriage because, like I said, it doesn't make any sense. And the big point that I wanted to to get at is that marriage established by God is supposed to replicate the relationship of Jesus and the church and his and and Christ's love for the church. And I, I heard plenty of points about, you know, prenups give security and prenups help you in case a person changes and goes completely crazy. And I just wanted to bring up the point again that why I said a Christian shouldn't have a prenup is because they're they're replicating replicating the the marriage or the relationship of God in the church. And God's love is flat out is crazy. Like think about this. My man, Yeshua gave us everything and it wasn't like he expected something or expected like you put I put in 50, you put in 50. He knew we couldn't do it. Like he absolutely knew we couldn't do it. That's so illogical and crazy and just dumb from a human standpoint. Like God has crazy love for us. And the, the simple fact of the matter is. Too many people get married and think, what can this person do for me instead of how can I be like Christ and match this crazy Stupid love from a human standard or a human viewpoint. And I just want to point out again, like Jesus didn't protect himself. You know, he gave us a hundred percent of himself. He was all in and his only friend was Amen. That's a little Wayne quote back in the day. Ludo. And with the prenup, a prenup is about putting yourself first. It's not about putting your spouse first, but marriage is really supposed to be about putting God first your spouse second, and then yourself last. Prenups are about conditional love. And God's love is the exact opposite. It's unconditional love, even though we are so undeserving, so ratchet, so janky, so just garbage, so much trash. But yet he didn't make you or me sign a prenup. And that is what we're supposed to match in marriage. All right. Now let's get into our first world problem. I just had to address that real quick. Our first world problem today is this. It's going to be a little lighter. Oh, yeah. And if this is your first time joining us and you're like, what are you what are you even talking about? This goes back to an episode I did called Arranged Marriage. Go back and, and check that out. But my um, first world problem today is this. Was Jesus a shower at night person or a shower in the morning person? I know some of you like he he better have been both. Now, I think that Jesus was the type of cat that only took one shower a day. He wasn't musty, though. He wasn't stanky. He wasn't running around with bad B.O. He had good hygiene in that aspect. But the reason I say one shower a day, and I'm going to guess that it would have been in the morning because he went to be fresh. Is because the man was constantly working. He was constantly preaching and teaching, and he would sacrifice probably showering at night and probably was so tired from healing and preaching and teaching all the good people that he probably just needed his night rest. And then I think he was, if I had to guess, he was getting up at the crack of dawn anyways to talk to his father and and have prayer and meditate and then hop his butt in the shower. Oh yeah. And I also think this because I remember in Mark seven, verse one through eight, the Pharisees were those who wanted to wash all the time and they kind of came at Jesus disciples like hey you know your disciples not practicing good hygiene they didn't wash those hands I saw them come out the bathroom and those hands are looking a little ugh." and Jesus explained that he kind of came at the Pharisees about their traditions and how they were hypocrites and yeah and don't don't you dare leave this thinking ooh I don't have to wash my hands before I eat wash those hands but yes our first world problem question today is how many showers do you think Jesus took a day? And when do you think he took that shower? Was it in the morning? Was it at the night? Or do you think it was both? I do think every once in a while it would have been both. But what do you think was the typical on the average week? Average day in the week, I should say. How many showers was he taking per day? And you got to remember, they had that hot, hot weather. And this is our first word problem. It is... Dinner time. Right the, side, right the, the title of our episode today is lawn care. You like what you talking about? Well, back in the day, growing up, my brother and I, we had a lawn care service. We used to go out here, hustling, cut grass, and just cutting grass. Today is still annoying when there are weeds and like weeds can grow anywhere. Weeds can grow in the cement. Weeds can grow in between rocks. They can, of course, grow in the grass, but it's super annoying. And I cannot stand when they like grow up between the rocks. You're trying to have your, your front look all nice and you got lights and maybe some flowers and then a weed pops up. It's just like, dang. but they're there. And I think I started thinking about this because I stumbled across reading the parable of the sower, which comes from Matthew 13, verse 1 through 9. And that's what we're going to use for our lesson today on this episode of lawn care. Now, people hear parables. I've heard people say, like, this is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But the beauty of this is that Jesus broke it down. Like, he broke down different type of people who hear the gospel. And he just gave great illustrations that, that was straight to the point. Like there was no heavenly meaning in a way. There was more so like a meaning that you can literally understand. And I just want to get into it right away. It says that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. It says such crowds gathered around him and he got into the boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And I just when I first read this, I was just like, man, Jesus, a.k.a. Yeshua, he was willing to meet people where wherever. And just thinking about those times, him and John the Baptist, they had to be preaching in some of the most unique and weird places. Like you have to think about it like this. The people were used to them being in synagogues or temples, which would be the equivalent of us used to a pastor preaching in the church. But it's like you're preaching on water at bay. You're preaching in the desert. You're preaching in the wilderness. You're preaching on a picnic table at the park. And John the Baptist and Jesus didn't matter. It didn't matter to them. They would meet people wherever and drop the gospel wherever, whenever. But the beautiful thing and the thing that I really want to get at on this episode of long care is how Jesus mentions different type of people who actually hear God's word. Like these are people who hear the gospel and Jesus breaks them down into four different categories. The first one, he says that he says, One who hears, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Then the second group of people he talks about is those on the rocky grounds are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The third type he mentions is this. He says, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear but as they go on their way they are choked by life's worries riches and pleasures and they do not they do not mature and the last group that he talks about in this parable is it says but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word retain it and by persevering produce a crop Now, I'm going to continue on with what it says in Matthew. It says, Then Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. And I just immediately thought like, man, how many times do people hear God's word, but the devil comes along and is like, that's a lie. That's a lie. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Or the devil says, you know what? You're going to have to make way too many changes. I mean, the devil has so many lies that, that he drops on us. Another lie he drops is that, you know, you're not that bad. It's people way worse than you. And that made me think about this conversation that I was having with someone. And they were like, I only sin three times a day. And it was just like, you know you've sinned more than three times. we were infected with sin. And this was about 10.30. So I know they sinned more than three times in that day. And the reason they, I was even talking to them is because they had gotten some trouble. But they justified not asking for forgiveness or they justified by not um, repenting or changing their ways because they thought that they only sinned a few times in a day. And the biggest lie. The biggest lie that the devil wants us to to embrace and is the reason for all those other lies that I just listed is long story short. He wants us to feel like you don't need a savior, a who, a savior. You can save yourself. You good. And that's exactly what happens to some people who hear God's word. But the devil comes along and the devil gives them a whole bunch of microwave troops that make the person feel better. But ultimately leads them to reject the gospel and reject Jesus being their savior. All right, let's continue on with the passage, though. It says some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. And these are the type of people who hear God's word and they're on fire. They're like, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I love Jesus. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. But sometimes when people have this type of joy, they act like being a Christian means less temptation. (laughs) When in reality, it probably means more temptation and they never address their pet sins or they just try to downplay them. And if you're like, what's a pet sin? A, A pet sin is something that goes against God's word and it's something you really, really struggle with. And a lot of times it's one of those things where it's just like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Somebody make me mad. I cuss them out. Like that's a pet sin. Or I can't help it. I love women. I got to check out what she got, man. I mean, you saw her. Those are pet sins. Things that we almost, that that we downplay and that are clearly wrong. And go against God's word. And the microwave truth that I hear with this a lot of times is, God forgives this sin and he accepts me for who I am so I can keep doing this sin instead of embracing the non-microwave truth that his forgiveness equips us and his grace redeems us and makes us a whole new being and the non-microwave truth that his spirit gives you and me a whole new purpose and a whole new strength and I look at this rocky place I look at this um illustration that God gives us with is sprang up quickly. And I just think about there are times where we have issues that we never really take it to God and ask him to fix it. Like we just don't, we think we can do it by ourselves. And that's not the answer. That's the shallow soil. Now that, that not a lot of soil, I look at that as that's not the best environment or that's not taking the whole word of God and gospel In, like we love, we absolutely love to pick and choose what we will follow and what we will listen to when it comes to the word of God. It's like commandment one through four. I'm good with that. but Commandment five. Nah, in this situation, I have to follow that. And that is such a huge reason why weeds can literally grow anywhere. And what I mean by that is weeds can grow in the church. They can grow with your family. They can grow in 20 year old friendships or marriages or when your team or at your job, wherever you work. It's so easy for weeds to arise in rocky places to be real. Weeds, dang near can grow anywhere like name a place it can. not And when I think about this, weeds even grew in Jesus closest circle, the 12 disciples. And just think about this. Weeds don't take a lot to grow. But if you're trying to go like vegetables or or fruits or some type of flowers, those need specific things to grow. Like you couldn't grow those on on a rocky place. And I got breaking news for you. This world, our culture is not going to naturally encourage you to be a Christian. Like you can't depend on this world or this culture or the microwave truths of this society to equip you and enhance you and influence you to be a Christian. Like it's the exact opposite. It's not going to happen. Now I'm going to read some more of the passage and it says, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And that no root jumped out at me right away. What are you rooted in? Like, think about it. Like think for real. What are you rooted in? Are you rooted in success? When you get rooted in the wrong thing, it's like, of course, you're not going to be able to stand withstand any trial or tribulation or persecution or trouble that happens in your life. Like you just can't do it because you're rooted in the wrong thing. And a lot of us are so confused because we don't even know what good is now. We're rooted in what the world tells us is good. And I just think about that. Jesus mentioned that there are so many distractions and Jesus flat out says they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. They do not mature jumped out to me big time because as a person who has been or a person who started going to a, a Christian school at the age of five years old, there were so many People that I have grown up with or have seen fall away from God's word and fall away from the church. And a lot of that deals with not maturing. And then on top of that, being distracted by so many things of this world and acting like this world is our home and where we're going to stay for forever. And during that time, and I think this is a big thing about spiritual maturity that people don't stress enough, is that people stop making time for the word. And I want you to think about this. People with beautiful yards, with beautiful yards, they spend a lot of time on it. And this is part of the reason I don't have plants. Like my mom wants to come by and drop off plants. And I'm just like, I don't have time for that. But, babe, you need something to make your yard look nice. I don't want it. it. It's maintenance. It takes more time. But it's one of those things like you better have time and you better make time for God. And when I think about some of my friends who were on fire for God at the age of seven or eight years old and now they're 20s or 30s and they really don't want anything to do with it, is people fail to realize that their spiritual appetite has changed from their childhood. Like they never learned how to study the word of God or to meditate. They never realize, like, oh, yeah, you know, when I leave church. I probably shouldn't play Playboy Cardi in the car. That's deprogramming me. Or, you know what, maybe I shouldn't hang around these toxic people. Or, you know, maybe I shouldn't get on the video game and have these same unhealthy conversations. And they don't realize things like their phone and the things they're viewing on TV is now the number one message that they're constantly taking in and impacting them. That is the type of stuff that chokes the life out of plants. Our culture, this culture is like the sun and it drives up and microwaves God's truths. And Jesus continues on in the parable and it says, still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. One hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear, Jesus said. And these are the type of people who hear God's word and they're doing what they're supposed to do with it. Now, some things just to think about. Even if you're living a God-pleasing life, you got to look at it like this. Any lawn needs lawn service and treatment on a regular basis. Like, you think about that. People have to get their lawn treatment every year. Sometimes it's multiple times in a year. How much treatment do you need? And you got to understand that your environment absolutely matters. It talked about a rocky place. It talked about places with less soil. Are you in a nurturing environment to help you grow and help your lawn get the care that it needs and even if you're not just doing some type of weed treatment you know the grass is going to grow and you need to cut your lawn and especially in times of storms and rain it's gonna grow even more so that means you need to cut it even more and you need to tend to it even more than in those times especially and I think that's a true correlation to to our lives when God allows storms to take place and there's a lot of rain, that means the grass is going to be growing even faster and you need to tend to even more and give it a little more love and attention. And that's the same thing with our faith and our spiritual well-being. And something for you to be aware of is that this world says, check out all these other lawns. But a a quote that I came up with is The grass always looks greener on the other side, but instead of moving, I've decided to water my own lawn. And what I'm getting at with this quote is to focus on your own lawn. When you're too busy worrying about other people's lawns, one, you fail to realize that the beauty and the potential that your lawn has. And two, you also aren't tending to it like you necessarily should. And Everything is about perspective and where you're standing or where you're viewing this from. You really don't know what that other lawn is doing or how it really looks behind the scenes. You don't know necessarily what the work is being put in or this, the soil that they possibly have or the resources, resources that they possibly have been equipped with. And what I want you to think about with your lawn is that you have to expect, you have to expect weeds to pop out, but don't be in denial about them. And more importantly, don't keep the best gardener, Jesus, on a, I'll call you when I see weeds basis. Keep the lawn in control because you might not realize that you have some squirrels and birds who are picking up all the seeds. You might not realize that there are a ton of rocks in a place where you're trying to grow. Or you might not realize that all of a sudden something else is starting to grow and is thorny. And it's choking the rest of the plants that need the nourishment. And the best thing about having that relationship with the gardener Jesus, Yeshua, is that he's gonna let you know if you're on good soil. And just to be blunt and not use the illustration, he's gonna help you hear the word, he's gonna help you retain it, and he's gonna help you know how to persevere through different trials and temptations and obstacles that you will face. And the last thing that I want you to think about today, and I want you to be real with yourself, and I want you to pray about this, is where are you at in terms of God planting seeds and putting the gospel in your life? Are you in a rocky place? Are you on shallow soil? Are you on good soil? Are there thorns and other distractions there for you right now? Where are you at? And I wanna just leave you with this one last thought. And this is like in the middle of the parable of the sower. And I pray this is no one who's listening to this, but I think we have to understand that we all have the capability and at times we fall into this category. And it says this, it says, though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And this is the non-microwave truth, a Time of Grace production. I praise God that you were able to join me on this episode of Lawn Care. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.